I draw your attention this morning. Let's go back to the Old Testament to a very familiar passage. If you open your Bible to Joshua chapter 6. This is the story of the children of Israel when they encountered the city of Jericho. I want to read part of this chapter. I'm not going to read all of it, but part of it so that we get the concept of what was happening here. And then we want to go back and see if we can find all scriptures given for our instruction, correct? And I want to see if we can learn some things this morning from the children of Israel's experience. Because our God does not change. The same God that spoke to Joshua and the children of Israel that day is the same God that speaks to you and me. He does not change. And so even though circumstances change, even though our situation is different, our God is constant. And that should give us great comfort and great courage and great hope. Joshua chapter 6, beginning at verse 1. Now Jericho was straightly shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out and none came in. And the Lord said unto Joshua, See... I have given into thine hand Jericho, and the king thereof, and the mighty men of valor. And ye shall compass the city, all ye men of war, and go round about the city once. Thus shalt thou do six days. And seven priests shall bear before the ark seven trumpets of ram's horns. And the seventh day ye shall compass the city seven times. And the priests shall blow with the trumpets. And it shall come to pass that when they make a long blast with the ram's horn, and when ye hear the sound of the trumpet, all the people shall shout with a great shout, and the wall of the city shall fall down flat, and the people shall ascend up every man straight before him. And Joshua the son of Nun called the priests and said unto them, Take up the ark of the covenant, and let seven priests bear seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark of the Lord. And he said unto the people, Pass on, and compass the city, and let him that is armed pass on before the ark of the Lord. And it came to pass, when Joshua had spoken unto the people, that the seven priests bearing the seven trumpets of ram's horns passed on before the Lord, and blew with the trumpets, and the ark of the covenant of the Lord followed them. And the armed men went before the priests that blew with the trumpets. And the rearward came after the ark, the priests going on and blowing with the trumpets. And Joshua had commanded the people, saying, Ye shall not shout, nor make any noise with your voice, neither shall any word proceed out of your mouth, until the day I bid you shout, then shall ye shout. So the ark of the Lord compassed the city, going about it once, and they came into the camp, and lodged in the camp. And Joshua rose early in the morning, and the priest took up the ark of the Lord, And the seven priests bearing seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark of the Lord went on continually and blew at the trumpets, and the armed men went before them. But the rearward came after the ark of the Lord, the priests going on and blowing with the trumpets. And the second day they compassed the city once and returned into the camp. So did they six days. And it came to pass on the seventh day that they rose early about the dawning of the day and compassed the city after the same manner seven times. Only on that day they compassed the city seven times. And it came to pass at the seventh time, when the priest blew at the trumpets, Joshua said unto the people, Shout, for the Lord hath given you the city. Verse 20, So the people shouted when the priest blew at the trumpets. And it came to pass when the people heard the sound of the trumpet, and the people shouted with a great shout, 
that the wall fell down flat so that the people went up into the city, every man straight before him, and they took the city. There will be circumstances in your and my life that can be like the city of Jericho. Let's reflect a little bit. The children of Israel have been promised, the promise given to Abraham, that one day they would inhabit the land of Canaan. And God took care of them in their captivity in Egypt and made a way for them through the Red Sea where there was no way. Have you ever experienced that? Have you ever had God make a way where there was no way? The children of Israel did. And then through their years in the wilderness, God provided for them. He provided manna. He provided meat for them. He provided water for them. He cared for them. And now Moses has died. And the children of Israel are ready to inhabit the land of Canaan. It's only one problem. Canaan is not vacant. Canaan is occupied. And the first city they encounter is the city of Jericho. Now, I've not had opportunity to travel in that area, but from people that I, I know that have, they say you still can see remnants of the walls of the city of Jericho to this day. Jericho was one of those most fortified cities. It had never been conquered. You see, Jericho was built on a hill. In Hebrew, they call it a tell. And first of all, at the bottom of the hill, there was an embankment about 15 feet tall. And then on top of that embankment was a 21-foot wall, six feet thick. So any invading force would have to scale that wall and then jump down on the inside. Up the grade from that wall was another wall that was 46 feet tall. And that's where the army, the soldiers of Jericho, that's where they stayed. So they could look down and see anyone that came over the first wall and jumped down the 36 feet, and then they had to come up the hill, and they were easy prey, and then they'd have another 46-foot wall to scale. Jericho was safe. Jericho was a wall that could not be penetrated. Children of Israel find themselves outside that wall, a well-fortified wall. You see, the children of Israel are outnumbered. All of us face situations in life when we are outnumbered. When our resume does not measure up. When there's not enough money in our bank account to move this. When our health record falls short before a doctor's prognosis. When despite our record of relationships, we now find ourselves in a broken relationship. A strained relationship. In those times when we feel like there is no way, we must remember that our God has it. Our God has it. You see, no one can handle situations like that like God can. He is all-powerful. There is nothing is beyond what He can do. He can stop lying lips. He can conquer any illness. He can refurbish any loss. He is a God of redemption. He is all about redeeming the broken. Taking shattered pieces and making something 
beautiful out of them, bringing life to dead bones, restoring what looked like was gone to something as beautiful and profitable. Well, the message for us is just like it was for Joshua. Joshua, I mean, let's face it. They, they were going against an experienced army. These children of Israel were shepherds. They didn't have a sword. They didn't have a spear. May not even had a pick. They had never fought a battle before. They had all the odds were against them. Have you ever been there? When it seems like the odds were against you. When there was nothing in your toolbox that could work anymore. When you had tried everything you knew to try. When you had prayed and prayed and prayed. What do we do in those times? We put it in God's hands. You see, God says, like he did to your news that day, I'll handle the wall. But there's some things that you need to do. You see, it's not enough to go to our prayer closet and just pray and pine away there. What did God tell the children of Israel to do? First thing he told them to do, he says, I want you to go see the walls. Why in the world did God have them walk around the walls? And by the way, we, from Sunday school, some of you may have forgotten how many times they went around those walls. We often get the idea they went around seven times. No, they didn't go around seven times. They went around 13 times. For you know, that might be the challenge in math, for six days they went around one time. And on the seventh day, they went around seven times. Why did God have them march around the walls? I think there were two reasons, perhaps. One was, God wanted them to see the walls. God wanted them to realize that there was no way that they were going to do this. That God was going to do it. And so each day, he had them walk around the walls. And each day, it probably became more discouraging. Have you been there? Have you had bad news and then the next day, well, surely if I put forth my best effort, it will get better. If I just hold on, it will get better. See, you would like for me to prophesy to you this morning that that's always the answer. That if you pray harder, if you fast more, if you just hold on, if you are faithful, you can change it. No, sometimes you can't. God has to do this. And so God had them march around that wall that day. What do you think the words when they got back to camp were? This is never going to work. We don't stand it. Did you see how high those walls were? Uh, we are doomed. Next day, time to go. They walked around the walls again. I told you. Remember, while they were walking, they couldn't talk around the walls, but when they got back to camp, I'm sure there was a lot that was discussed that evening. Have you been there? A lot of things about how hopeless this situation is. Well, not only was this for reconnaissance, them to see what they were against, but I think God needed them to acknowledge in their hearts that this was going to be a God thing. This was not something that they were going to do. You see, every now and then, 
God seems to allow something to come into our life to make it crystal clear that we can't handle this. That we are totally dependent on Him. That no matter our education, no matter our success record, no matter we do the same thing, sometimes God needs to say to us, I have to take care of this. You have to let me take care of this. You will not say, I did this. You will not say, well, I found the right doctor. You will not say, well, I found the right medicine. You want to say, well, I made the right investment. You see, the Lord will do what we can't do. And he longs for us to say that, to experience that. Were he not to bring walls like that into our lives, we would grow to become people that would be so self-confident. He wants us to be dependent on him. Nobody but God. Sometimes that needs to be the word on our lips. God made a way where there was no way. There was no one could have done this but God. This was a God thing. It had to be God. So sometimes God brings things into our lives to help us see what we're dealing with. That This is beyond us. Well, I think perhaps there's another reason God had them walk around the walls, not just for them to see the walls, but for the people of Jericho to see them. The people of Jericho had a chance to see them. And their question was, who is this God? Who are these people that have any idea that they can prevail against us? So there was something for them to do. This was not a time for them to stay in camp and isolate themselves and bemoan their fate. They were to show up. And sometimes that can be a real challenge for you and me, to show up. Because when we feel defeated, when we feel overwhelmed, we tend to want to withdraw. Of any time we need to show up, with other believers, show up with family, show up at church, show up. It's those times. Show up. You don't have the answer? No, but you show up because your God has the answer. You don't show up because you are going to conquer this. You show up because you're demonstrating your faith in the one who will. Six days in a row. You imagine how hard it was after the second or third day? What new could they see that would be encouraging the third day that they didn't see the first or second day? You know the first or second day they were looking, there's got to be a way here somewhere. If we do this just right. You know. And after three or four days, have you been there? You try to figure out, what can I do? What have I not done? Who can I go see? And the fourth and fifth and sixth day are more discouraging than the first, second, or third day. But I'm convinced, were they not obedient to God's command to show up, those walls would never come down. So many times in our lives, our Christian experience becomes the victim of our circumstances. 
May it never be so. May it never be so. May our circumstances drive us, encourage us to be consistent in our faith. Well, I'm sure they were afraid. Fear is one of the greatest forces that our enemy uses against us. Two things he uses. One is fear, and fear is of the unknown, what's going to happen, or we, we can't see the future. The other is discouragement, what has happened in our past. You see, Satan does not want to kill you. Satan gets no glory out of killing us. If he kills a believer, what has he done? He's just ushered that believer into the presence of God. What Satan wants to do is use circumstances to change you and me. That's what he wants to do. He wants to use circumstances to change us, to counter our faith, to cause us to doubt God, to lose hope in God's promises. Isn't that what he did with Job? Why didn't he kill Job's wife? He could have. Because he used Job's wife to do what? Seek to change Job. Curse God and die, she said. These are times when we're called to ask ourselves, do we really believe the scripture? Do we believe Psalm 27, the Lord is my light and my salvation? Whom shall I fear? Well, the children of Israel had to do something while they were waiting for God. We have to show up. They had to show up for six days. Show up. Do the right thing. Be obedient to what God called them to do. Even when it didn't make sense, even when they didn't understand why, they still showed up. Sometimes I think God wants us to really see the wall. That caused us to show up at the next doctor's appointment when the doctor says there's nothing more we can do. We still show up. That shows us continually reach out to people where there's a broken relationship. Even when we say, it's, I did it five days. <laughs> no, no, we still, we show up. We still seek to do the right thing. Well, the second thing they were to do, they were to show up and then they were to shut up. When they were walking around those walls, they weren't to talk. Why do you think that would be? Because they're like we are. When we face something that's so difficult and we have tried all the things that we think will work and doesn't work, then what do we do? Yeah. And so... Rather than complain about these walls and get frustrated about these walls, they're walking and they want to say, up, up. just walk. Up, up, up. Just walk. Just walk. Just walk. Just look at the wall and walk. But don't talk. 
Why is that? Because so often when you and I face a difficult circumstance, a wall that we can't change, the words that come out of our mouth are not words of faith. They're words of hopelessness. They're words of discouragement. They're words of defeat. We start questioning, who voted for that? Who's the one that led us into this mess? Who hired me for that? Who moved in next door? We start questioning in an accusatory manner the wall. Who built that wall? Why did they build it so high? Why is it so thick? Why is it so hard? And all of those comments only are used by Satan to defeat our faith. You see, the scripture says in Proverbs that there is power of life in the tongue. We forget sometimes how powerful the things we say have on people. And I think even on the activity of God. Things we say can activate the promises of God. You see, sometimes there are things that we can think, but we shouldn't say. We think there is no way, but what we need to say is, with God, there's always a way. We can think this is hopeless, but we say, what? My hope is in the Lord. We think this is such a dark period, I can't even see which way to go, but what do we say? The Lord is my light and my salvation. We think we're paralyzed with fear, but we say, when I am afraid, sign out front, I will what? I will trust in God. So there may be some things that we think, but we don't say them. We repeat the promises of God. You see, you and I cannot put things in God's hand and say it'll never change, can we? We can't put our health in God's hands and say, it's a death sentence. We can't put our financial situation in God's hands and say, we're going bankrupt. We can't put that relationship in God's hands and say, it's hopeless. We'll never be close to that person again. If we put it in God's hands, we, can't, we may think that, but we can't say that. Or else we haven't put it in God's hands. So it's important what we say. And for this period of time, the six days they marched around, they were to march around looking at the wall and saying, what? Nothing. Nothing. That's a challenge for us, isn't it? The reason is because so often what we say when we look at the wall in our life is discouraging, it shows a lack of faith, it's disheartening. Well, I like though on the seventh day. On the seventh day, he said, get ready to shout. Get ready to shout. Everyone is to shout. You know, so many times we're familiar with the scriptures, I will bless the Lord at all times, and his praise will be in my mouth. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. But we look at those scriptures, and we say, well, well that's for somebody else. 
That's, that's for Bill. You know, he always has something to say. But, but I just sit quietly. Who was to shout? All the people were to shout. All the people were to shout on that day. See, it's easy to say, well, that's for the preacher. Or that's for the song leader. Or that's for the Sunday school teacher. Or, or, but that's not for me. I, I just keep quiet. Now, all the people that day were to shout. Somehow, we always find ways to excuse ourselves. But I find it interesting here. It's not hard for everybody to shout when the wall comes down. Right? It's not hard for everybody to shout when we find out someone's been healed. It's not hard for everyone to shout when God miraculously provides for us. But notice here, when were they to shout? Not when the walls came down. Before the walls came down. Before the walls came down, they were to shout. Notice verse 20. And the people shouted with a great shout, and the wall fell down flat. This wasn't celebration. This was shouting to God before the walls came down. When you and I bless God when we're facing walls, those walls can start to shake. That's what they were called to do. They were called to shout before the walls came down. You see, what this says to us, I think, is that we can praise God when the walls are still there. We can bless God when the walls are still 46 feet tall and 6 feet thick. When the enemy is on the wall, we can still shout to God. We can still bless God. See, what God's saying to us is, I don't want you just to praise me when I give you, when I bless you. I want you to be able to bless me before. I want you to be able to bless me while the wall is still there. I want you to be able to praise me because I'm God, even though the wall is in your life. God is not like a gumball machine where we put a quarter in and turn the knob and we get the candy. God says, I want you to bless me. When you're facing the wall, eye to eye. So when we face those walls in our life, we need to show up. We need to show up and we need to be silent until we can speak the praises of God. We need to be silent about how impenetrable this wall is. We need to be silent about how hopeless this situation is. We need to be silent about it's never going to work. It's never going to change. You can't change him. We may think those things, but we don't say them. We need to be silent until we can speak praise to God. And bless God before he moves those mountains.
And when that happens, we will find replacing fear in our heart a trust and a confidence that God's got it. And all of us need that. And at various times in our lives, we need it again and again and again. Because life can be so unpredictable, or we could say predictably tough. Tough. For some of us who have lived some years, some of you in the audience are younger, sometimes we think because of my experience and my skill set, I can handle this. See, I've been around the block a couple times, and, 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 and I've learned some things, and I can handle this. And I'm convinced, no matter how old we are, that there are times when God allows, he doesn't bring them, but he allows walls that we can't. And yet in those times, our greatest tendency is when we finally give up is to run from, withdraw from, because none of us want to be in a position of failure. If it's not working, we let it go. We go to something else. We dismiss those people. We dismiss that situation. Sometimes in a difficult work environment, God wants us to keep showing up and say nothing. Just wave to the adversary. Just bless the adversary. But still show up. We don't run from. We still show up. But our confidence has to be in God. And that confidence, I'm convinced, at times unleashes God's power. God is not a man that he should get tired or weary. Our God longs to show his strength on our behalf. Let's pray. Father, we stand in awe of the ways you have delivered your people. The walls that you have torn down the ways you have made through seas and rivers, water you have brought from a rock, deliverance you have brought from disease, restoration of relationships. Father, you are our God. Your word is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And today, Father, we face walls. Sometimes we face giants. We become so aware of our weakness and how f futile it is for us to struggle in our own strength. Father, may we learn the peace of releasing to you, those things that we cannot change.
to place our faith and our confidence in you and to praise you and bless you for who you are, for the power that you have to change our situation when you desire to do so. And Father, however many days you might have us walk around that wall, or if it's years, may we not complain. May we, like those children of Israel, be silent. Be silent until we can speak the praises of God. Be silent until we can bless you for your love and your mercy and your power in our lives. Father, I don't know who of us this morning most needs this word of hope and instruction, but I pray that your spirit will help us receive your word today. This I ask in the name of Christ. Amen. Our overseer asked me to go ahead and share our proposal. Those of you in the congregation know that we have been working toward transition in leadership. And um, so I want to, you will have a copy of this, all you members in your box this morning. This is our proposal from our ministry team, Faith Mennonite Church shall call Fred Orndorff and Tim Slaybaugh to serve as elders in the leadership of the congregation for a two-year term, November 1st, 2023 to October 31, 2025. As elders, they shall assist Pastor Dave Slaybaugh on all aspects of leading the congregation, including preaching the word, directing the other ministries of the congregation, member visitation and counseling, ministry in the community, and shall serve on the Mountain Valley Mennonite Church Council as voting representatives of Faith Mennonite Church. During this second two-year term, they shall have additional responsibility and opportunities to minister and lead the congregation in preparation for Dave's relinquishing of lead pastor responsibility. And then there's a place at the bottom for you to indicate your support and blessing of this calling um, and to sign your name or to indicate if you cannot give your blessing and support. We would like to have these ballots, put them in a sealed envelope and bring them back by our church campout weekend. I hope we can get them before that. Next Sunday would be great. They will be sent to our overseer. They will tabulate and we want to be able to announce to the congregation our direction uh, Sunday the 29th, which is two weeks from today. I know a lot of our members are not here this morning, so um, we'll make sure that they all get them next week. But check your box. Uh, You'll have a copy of this. If you have any question, be sure to contact me um, or Tim or Fred. And um, our overseer, again, plans to come in November, but they have a term of MDS service between now and then. So I don't think he'll be able to come until November. But let's continue to pray about this process. Um, I'm convinced God is going to bless us as we move forward. Thank you.